Don't give people facts. Give them the beginning of a curiosity gap. Welcome to the Content 10X Podcast, the show where content creators learn how to harness the power of content repurposing. And now, your host, Amy Woods. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Content 10X Podcast. Now this week I have a guest on the show and it's all about copy. I'm joined by someone who knows a thing or two about the power of words and copy. So my guest is Joanna Weeb. Joanna is the creator of Copy Hackers. For 15 years, she's worked with incredible companies like BT, Canva, Prezi, Sprout Social, and more, helping them to optimize their copy. She's spoken at huge conferences like MozCon and Inbound, and along the way, helped more than 70,000 people at startups, small businesses, huge businesses, massive agencies, and all of them have been coached by Joanna. So Joanna, welcome to the show. Thank you. I feel all good about myself after that. <laughs> yeah, it's always nice <laughs> to hear kidding. a great introduction. <laughs> yeah, right? Sounds good. <laughs> just kidding. It's not, you know, hard to make you sound good because it's just, oh, you know, great good. reading about everything that you've achieved. And actually, um, uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask you is uh, on the Copy Hackers website, it says that your blog helps the top 10% of marketers master lead and revenue generation. And it also mentions that the blog is consistently rated one of the top marketing blogs on the planet. And I wanted to ask, um, was that your vision? So what was your vision when you started Copy Hackers? Uh, yeah, I think that's a great question. No, um, no. when I started Copy Hackers, it was to uh, help the tech startup community. And that really meant like the smallest of the businesses in there. So when you think 10 years ago was when Copy Hackers started. And um, I was just really involved in this community called Hacker News, which is news.ycombinator.com. And it's put on or run by the Y Combinator incubator. Um, and so uh, I was really into this as like something that I did after hours when I was at a tech company, a really big tech company as their senior copywriter. And, but I was really drawn to these small, small, small businesses that um, typically one founder, typically one employee as the founder. And that person was typically very technical. So they could build software, but they didn't know how to sell software. So they would put together, that's not, always true, but that was, those were the people that I was most drawn to. Um, and so, yeah, I just started helping those people and then turning what I was writing into things that I published. And that's how it started. And I think like wanting to help people ends up working out no matter what, if you want to help them, I think, I assume that's what's going on. <laughs> um, but no, I never intended. I didn't know it was going to be a business. I didn't know there was anything more to it than I'm just going to hang out with some weird people who are building <laughs> cool stuff and see what happens. Yeah. Oh, it's really inspiring. And yeah, I guess you, you don't know where anything is going to lead. But if you, you're doing a good job and you're helping people, then this, the journey just starts to, to take over, doesn't it, I guess? Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. I also read um, that you you said on your website that you started off calling yourself a creative writer and then a copywriter, and you feel like you potentially held your you know yourself back a little bit at first with the terminology creative writer. Um, what's what was the what's the reasons for that? I'm keen to know. Yeah. So so as a 
when I first started out, my first job as a copywriter was at an agency. And I remember I got hired. It was my first day and we were putting business cards together for me. So I was sitting down in a boardroom um, and the, one of the two co-founders of the agency came in and he was like, okay, well, what are we going to call you? What are we going to put on a business card? And I was like, uh-oh. Like I was like 22. I don't know anything. Um, so uh, as myself as a 22 year old, I'm sure a lot of 22 year olds know a lot of things. I knew nothing. Um, so I didn't know what to call myself. And, uh, his name was Ted and he was like, well, copywriter. And I was like, Ooh, gross. That sounds awful. Like what even is a copywriter? It sounds dry. It sounded like just boring, like almost like technical writer, which I also thought was boring, which does not have to be boring at all. Um, and so we were like creative writer and we were both like, you know, basically high-fiving each other over this ridiculous idea that you should come in and write creatively when this was a marketing agency. Like this was get your business out there, grow your business, see ROI. And the one person who's writing copy that's supposed to get people to say yes so you can get your business out there and grow your business it thinks she's creative thinks like that's her job Oof, that's rough um so and at the time that was like 15 years ago um and there was nothing online like it sounds so crazy to think of just how much content there is that you can access now if you're like if you're joanna 15 years ago, starting today, you could find so much out there to teach you what your job is and how to do this right. But at the time, there was nothing. There was nothing out there. So you just had to like make it up and assume that copywriting is boring, creative writing is awesome, and let's not worry about business results. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's funny when I read that it took my interest. So there's a couple of things I remember. I don't know, like a month or so ago, um, someone on Twitter and um, he put something out and he said, "Writers, stop calling yourself a technical writer or a um, creative writer or a, even copywriter." He said, yeah. "It's all content. You are all content writers. That is what you all are." So I mean, I usually agree with him on most things um, or you know thereabouts. But then with that one, I kind of thought, hmm, like it's funny because when I first started recruiting writers to come and work for Content 10X, I actually made a mistake of I'd put a job posting out and called it copywriter, and oh. I shared it with a, um, a writer a man I know who is a writer. Um, I think I was struggling to recruit or something. He said to me, "You've actually called this the wrong. You've labelled mm. this wrong because what you're asking for is a content writer, um, not a copywriter, because it was writing blog posts, podcast show notes, YouTube descriptions, things like that." And he said to me, "I think you should call this content writer." So we had a chat, and he was explaining to me like copies more persuasive um copy sales copy getting people to take action and it, you know and it really I was I opened my eyes to okay there's there's different terminology here and so I wanted to ask you I suppose your opinion on that but more in terms of the content and copy side so do you consider copy content to be the same would you agree are they, are they different <laughs> no I would say they're very different and that's it's too bad because the world thinks they're the same. Like yeah. Everybody thinks they're the same. And so 
people are putting out job postings that are, they say copywriter, which will immediately narrow down your market because there are far fewer, in my experience, there are far fewer copywriters than there are people who identify as bloggers, content creators, content strategists, all of the people who are involved in creating, strategizing, and then creating content. And copywriters I have seen are like, there's a little group of us. Yeah. <laughs> this is not that many. There aren't that many content creators either, but there are more people who uh, just do that, write more content. I don't know, whatever. Um, so no, I'd agree. But because the world thinks that so many people come to Copy Hackers and even we have our one program called Copy School, which is all of our training on writing emails and landing pages and sales pages and things all in one program. And inevitably, in sales chat, we get, um, and will you teach me to write blog posts? And I'm like, no, no, that's not copy. (laughs) No. To the point where I'm like, should we just call it all content and be done with it? Because the world thinks that's what it is anyway. Um, but no, I fully agree. Copy is there to get the yes. It's a more direct line to the yes. Content can also get the yes, right? An ebook that you give to a qualified lead can get them to the point of saying, okay, we're ready. I've got my team on board. We want to see a demo. Great. That's what copy is supposed to do. But content as an ebook is perhaps treated a bit like a long form sales page almost. So you can see the overlap, right? If you can write a long form sales page, you can probably write really good lead magnets and other things that are um, content. However, if you can write a blog post, that does not mean you can write a sales email. And if you can write a sales email, that does not mean you can write a blog post. Like they're two different goals for different parts of the funnel. Um, so there's the distinction, but the world doesn't know that. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, I think um, we use a lot of the, the content to get people to our side, don't we? We put the content out into the world and, you know, often longer form formats, sometimes, well, shorter form if it's social, blog posts, longer form um, and all the other types of content. Um, but then the the powerful copy, if you, if you have a good funnel, so to speak, then the content yeah. can get people to the site, know, like, and trust through the content as well. But copy is going to, you know, drive the action. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It, at Content to Next, you know, we're all about repurposing content. So we're all about maximizing the time that you spend creating content. And a lot of the content that we work with is it's video and audio content to begin with, and then we will repurpose into other formats. I guess in this time where we have a lot of multimedia content, the live streams, the audio, etc., it's interesting when you hear people talk about not as many people read and I know there was, it's ages ago, isn't it? A study by Nielsen Group that said that like 79% of people will scan a page, 16% will read word for word, which 16% reading word for word actually doesn't sound too bad, does it? Yeah, no, you can convert 16% of your readers. That's amazing. I felt like a lot of people said that was like awful, but it's like, but I think the fixation on the 79% scan. And so there's a lot of advice about so the longer form content um, being lots of bullet points, short paragraphs, lots of subheadings, bold usage, all that kind of thing. Um, even the suggestions around start with the conclusion um, hmm. to train. So what, what do you think about that in terms of creating skimmable content for longer form content on your website? Yeah. So I think two things. One, have you read that Nielsen Norman report? 
like gone. No, into- no, just read it, the, the highlights. <laughs> yeah. And that's typically the thing. Most of yeah. it is like everybody published like, oh, wow, nobody reads online. Change everything. Um, the actual page that they had to read was like an information page for a national park somewhere. The people who were in the study didn't want to go to the park. There was no interest there whatsoever. It was just sit down and we're going to like eye track and see how far you go. Um, and of course, in the end that they got 16% to read, you should look it up. Anybody listening to this should go look it up because I went for years going like that stupid Nielsen Norman group. They really got us. Um, they didn't. Um, so, but that's not a sexy part of the story. If they had published, nobody wants to read boring copy. Yeah. Then it'd be like, mm-hmm, no, we hear you. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, so yeah. So no, uh, that they got 16% of people to read is even more impressive when you see what they had to read. Mm. Um, do people read online? So we know about the four. So when it comes to content, that's another story. So an article, if I click on an article, I have shown more interest in spending time with it than potentially if I click on a landing page somewhere. Um, And we can talk at length about that. But an article is there to engage me, to feed my brain, to to do more things, uh, to entertain me, things that copy is typically unable to do. Copy will rarely entertain you. That's that's ideal. (laughs) It just doesn't happen that often. Um, But when it comes down to people who are reading copy or not reading copy, we know about the four primary decision-making modalities and that there are divides into logical versus emotional. um, And that just comes down to, uh, or um, it also comes down to, um, sorry, I'm picturing the quadrants right now. And then I'm like reorganizing them in my head and I just need to like focus. Um, um, There is one of the four decision-making modalities will scan. That's it. They'll scan the top. And they won't even typically scroll, right? And then there's another group that will scan, but scroll. And then there's another group who will read slowly. um, And then the other person also reads slowly, reading through all the words. So about half of the people in the world, and it's not to say that the forward decision-making modalities break down as like 25% of the world is this, 25 is that, 25 is that, 25 is that. It could be that 10% of the world are fast-moving scanners and 10% are really slow and methodical. And then the remaining 80 is divided into the other two. So fine. Point is people read things differently and consume things differently. And when we, when we think nobody reads online and when we look at things like click tracking, where you see so much attention at the top of the page and then marketers go, well, I guess we should cut off the bottom of the page. <laughs> You're like, no, dumb dumb. <laughs> if you can see, like people still do scroll down there. You might have a problem that you have to address with the middle of the page to get them down to the close. But we don't just go chopping things off simply because one type of visitor moves quickly. There are other types who move more slowly and we have to solve for all of them. Mm-hmm. not just the ones who make the headlines because they don't read. Yeah, exactly. I completely agree. <laughs> yeah. Hey, just a little break from this podcast episode to ask you a question. Would you like one single place that you can go to that provides you with everything you need to be able to implement the best practices in content repurposing for your video content, your podcast episodes and your social media content today? 
to help you get more value from the content that you create, get more time back and help you reach more people than you ever thought possible. If so, then you are going to love the Content 10X Toolkit. The toolkit is full of video tutorials, templates, checklists, swipe files, step-by-step guides and more that shows you how to repurpose your content in the best ways possible today. No more Googling, no more figuring it out yourself. We provide you with everything that you need to become a content repurposing pro. If this sounds like something that would interest you, then go check out the Content 10X Toolkit at content10x.com forward slash toolkit. Okay, I'm back to this week's episode. When you're writing copy, so a lot of the copy that we write, um, as well as long form blog posts, we will we're taking long form videos and podcasts often, and then we're turning them into say bite bite sized video content for the social media platforms um, and maybe quote graphics and, and text only posts about the topic things like that now a lot of the content we create it may be that we want to drive people to that longer form piece so let's say well let's say even for example podcast show notes or youtube video descriptions where you're you know it's copy to get people to want to listen to that podcast episode or want to watch that video so that is copy to get people to take action isn't it i mean you want people to read the podcast show notes and listen and want to listen to that podcast yeah. so what's your kind of thought on that in terms of how you write in a persuasive way to provide enough information to get people to want to consume something like a longer form piece of content in that regard. Yeah, totally. So I would start by focusing on two things. The first is your hook. Like, so what, what are you saying to get them to pay attention and keep reading? What's that opening line um, hook slash lead? Um, And second is fascinations. So anybody, so you have to figure out your hook or they're not going to even get to the fascinations. But a fascination um, is what, when a lot of people say bullet points, it's a fascination is a far better bullet. So for those who are unfamiliar with fascinations, it's like those old tricks that you've seen, um, but that work, (laughs) Um, these old tricks of like, if you wanted to uh, whatever, download or or someone sent you a mailer a decade ago, that was like, um, trying to sell you on an ebook or a video course or some, or sorry, a book book or a video course or something like that. And there'd be like these bullets of all of these little teasers, all of them basically clickbait with like in brackets after each one, find it on page 99 or skip to two colon 45 um, and those sorts of things. And it's those parts. So fascination is Clickbait combined, usually, usually, today at least, combined with where you can find it in the thing that they want you to get. So in this case, if you're trying to get somebody to listen to your podcast, then you need to figure out what the clickbait is, knowing that people are increasingly skeptical of clickbait. However, BuzzFeed still does a badass job using it, and that's because people are still responding to it. Um, So think of those things. Turn them in. Don't give people facts. Give them the beginning of a curiosity gap that then they have to close by listening to the podcast and tell them which parts they can get that information at. And don't do it on every bullet because it gets tiring. Um, but those are the two things I would do. Hook them, get a stronger lead. And a hook is often found uh, at the end of the phrase, I never thought it was possible, but 
And then whatever follows, but is the interesting part. So when you like go through your show notes and kind of like put that phrase in front of every single line you've got and anything that could complete that phrase could be your hook. And if nothing completes that phrase, rewrite the whole damn thing because nobody's going to be interested unless they're being paid to be interested, (laughs) which is really rare. Oh, I, that's such a good tip. Thank you. I'm sure that, that everybody listening is making those notes now if they're writing, you know, oh, the cool. podcast show notes or video show notes. Now, social media copy, um, yeah, I know kind of similar points, I'm sure, but social is another beast entirely. A question I would love to ask you actually is what annoys you the most about the kind of copy that people use on social media? I don't know. I guess it's hard to say what annoys me because typically the stuff that might annoy me is just stuff that actually I didn't pay attention to in the first place. And that's, what's annoying about it, but I didn't even notice it. And so. Are there any buzzwords or phrases that you're seeing or or techniques that you're seeing that um, you think are being kind of overused or uh, any kind of wordplay that doesn't really work? People trying to be a bit contrived sometimes on social with, with the posts, that kind of thing. Yes. I mean, I just talked about clickbait. (laughs) So I guess anything that feels like do this strange technique in order to, or my grandmother discovered this way to remove stains. I don't know. Um, but those sorts of things that where you're like, uh, nobody believes you. Um, that's really it. Is there, does anything come to mind for you? Does anything particularly like you? I think so on LinkedIn Mm. in particular, what annoys me, but I suppose it's not so much copy, but it's, it's a style, is, mm. is, the, is the contrived posts that have very kind of uh, flowery stories about something that happened in someone's childhood or something that their child said to them at breakfast that morning or something like that. Oh. And then it all leads to um, like a twisted business lesson, you know, like my long thing about when I was a child and issues happened, blah, blah, blah. And then the end is like, so write powerful headlines in your copy or something like that. And it's just a bit like, wow. I, I think because <laughs> That's a stretch. I, I think I tend, I suppose I tend to think that um, it sounds like such an unusual story and then or contrived story that like all like leads into a message and things like that. And I think yeah. it must just be, I see these all the time, like on LinkedIn in particular, it seems like the mm. story play has been, drilled into people's heads so much that mm. they feel like right I'll tell a story about when I was at the shop the other day but it'll lead to talking about lead gen and then I'll share a story about something profound that my child said at breakfast which will lead to the power of something or other and, and I guess like I don't know if you see a lot of that or if my the algorithm on my LinkedIn uh, particularly likes to feed me those kinds of posts no I, I am familiar with those but I think I do just like disregard them yeah I'm just like oh brother but but I love that point about like what my child said at breakfast and it it comes off as so inauthentic to so many of us yeah and I think that it's also I don't know if you've experienced this but we get a lot of people saying oh what works in America doesn't work in Spain uh, Mm -hmm. all over Europe in China all these different places and they're like so will your stuff work for me Mm. and it's like and I worry about things like that right like that it was probably some god bless them some well-intentioned American marketer who 
listened heavily to someone saying, just tell stories. People are so moved by stories, your brain, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it's true. It's true. But we can also tell a fake story mm -hmm. from a real one. Mm -hmm. um, but then if you realize you're skeptical, as soon as you become aware of being marketed to, then you feel like put off by it. And then you as a marketer go, oh, shit, I hope I never do that. Or gosh, I have to avoid whatever they're doing here. And then that closes you off. So seeing bad marketers be bad marketers yeah. is bad for all marketers because a lot of people who could use a story well and could tell an authentic story that captures people's attention and makes them feel something won't because they're so afraid of being that inauthentic person um, that they wanted to just like avoid like that yeah. bad person at a party. Like, Ugh. Get away. Yeah. yeah, I completely agree with you. It can be done so well, can't it? And yeah. some people have got the got the skills in them to do it really well. And, and you hope that you don't get, you know, put off just because of it's it's like a lot of things, isn't it? Just because yeah. um, we see it not done well and you think, oh, I hope, I hope I don't do that too. Exactly. I noticed on your website that you have all these really, really good the Tuesday tutorials, aren't they? That you you've been doing on a weekly basis, live streams yes. that become this big video library um, of just incredible um, high value content that you're sharing. Do you do much by way yourself of repurposing the videos that you create for your apart from putting them in the library? Because I know they go from live to a library. Yeah, no, we're actually terrible at that <laughs> we're terrible <laughs> we're terrible at what i think a lot of content creators and marketers are we keep creating mm. and then of course you solve this problem right with content 10x but um and so we need to talk um, but we keep creating um not promoting as much as we ought to and not repurposing like ever right because we can cover We've got little mini courses inside these Tutorial Tuesdays. When it comes down to it, you can put them together in different ways and say, here's how, if you're a beginner freelance copywriter, here are 10 free lessons on how to get your first client. Um, but we don't, we don't do that. We don't shorten them down into any of that either. So no, there's a huge wasted opportunity there and in lots of content, I think, yeah. And, and do you do you find though? Um, so it's it's really cool that you are using you know video content to teach writers to become better at their craft. Do you find that video has been a really powerful medium for you to do that? Because you obviously have loads of written content on the site as well as you would expect. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we started Tutorial Tuesdays back when we launched this. Uh, product called air story and we just wanted to like teach people how to use it like different use cases um and then we just kept doing it <laughs> so we were just like okay uh now we want to teach this other thing um and we got a lot of we built up a nice little following over time um yeah and so it just now we just do it and we also find of course as a result of it that we get more people taking our paid training. And this was not intentional at all when we first set out to start to do these tutorial Tuesdays. Um, but one of the things we hear a lot is, well, if your free stuff is that good, then imagine how good your paid stuff must be. And I'm like, I hope that's true. <laughs> like, I hope you're right. They're not the same. Um, but no, it's been, I don't know if that answers your question. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. 
No, it really does. It's it's just great to see how that can be working so well for you. And, um, you know, and, and also I'm sure that the paid content is, you know, fantastic and well worth it. But it yes, just, but... I always like to think as well that people get to a point where they feel like they've benefited so much from somebody's mm-hmm. free content that, even if they don't, if they feel it's only an incremental, I'm not saying I'm sure yours is not incremental, but an incremental um, uplift in the paid versus transformational, let's say, in, in some yeah. memberships. I feel like it's people still are very, you know, willing to contribute at that stage because they've been so, found the content so useful so long for free that it's time yeah. to you know, to invest a little bit in the, this in this awesome um, creator yeah. who's showing things for free. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah exactly. The, the last question that I have for you, well, two, two last questions, last one. So for somebody who is just kind of maybe getting started in writing blog posts, they're repurposing videos or podcasts and they're starting to write blog posts, what's the one mistake that you would like to see more people avoid as they get started in that world? <laughs> I would first make sure that you like writing um, because I know a lot of people who get stuck fast. I'm like, okay, I wrote three posts. I'm done. <laughs> like, yeah. no, you're going to yeah. need to keep at this. Um, and so it's like, well, if you don't want to, if you don't love writing, it'll show soon enough. So um, don't create other kinds of content. Then there's so many other things you could be creating. Like I saw this TikTok thing today on the news um, where this person put together out like clothing into it was this crazy thing anyways this okay that's content it doesn't mean it's going to lead to anything that you might want but go create what you actually want to create because then you'll be happy um but if you do love writing then i'd say figure out what your voice is figure out what your angle is be cool about where you are with the expertise that you're probably going to share so whatever expertise might look like based on what you're doing but a lot of people are like, oh, I'm starting out. I've been in my, in our world, at least I've been a copywriter for a year. I'm going to blog about how to write high converting copy. And that's like pump the brakes though, because you could actually write really compelling blog posts about being a year into being a copywriter and all the crazy crap you're learning and the confusing things as you go. And other people will be in the same position and go like, exactly, I'm going through exactly the same thing instead of you pretending to have 10 years under your belt when you don't. So like know where you are and just like write honestly there because there are millions of people potentially who would want to hear that and they can tell if you're faking it. Yeah, and it, exactly. And I suppose for the target audience that you're aiming at, there's it's going to be there's going to be like probably less competition to aim at the target audience of people share maybe at the same stage in your journey as you as there is just yeah. trying to compete against suddenly becoming like a, a leading expert after a year or so, and then and then at that. Yeah competing against people who have so many more years on you that are more authentic I guess in sharing their expertise it's you're not going to stand out then are you so that's not going to (laughs) work no it'll be so hard versus you actually just saying like okay today I tried to set up an a b test it sucked I don't get it here's what was wrong and then you can think of so many people who are like exactly I'm exactly in the same spot as you versus this big aspirational Thing, which I don't think as many people even care about. 
No, no. Be, I suppose a key thing as well that you mentioned there is is being personal, isn't it? Be, bringing yourself in um, and the human side. Um, and I love what you said at the start about if you don't like writing, just don't do it because I, I agree. And I guess that's why, you know, in, in the work that we do at Content Tenex, that's what we're, we're trying to solve as well. If you love doing videos or podcasts and keep doing it and, and we can do the writing for you yeah. um, and just just keep doing what you want to do. Um, well, thank you so much. I've really appreciated the conversation. It's thank been you. great. Um, where can people go to, um, well, what's the best place? Where would you like people to connect with you if they want to find out more? Sure. Uh, so if you want to just like learn things, watch tutorial Tuesdays and stuff like that, uh, copy hackers with an S, uh, copyhackers.com is the place to go. Alternatively, if you're in, uh, your line of work is you write or you use words as part of your living primarily, then go over to Facebook and we have this group called word workers, um, and just join us in there. Um, yeah, those are the two big places. Otherwise, if you're on Twitter, we're at copy hackers. Cool. Brilliant. Okay. Well, I'll say awesome. that classic line of all the links will be in the show notes. Nice. Um, so yeah, thank you so much. It's been um, a really great conversation. I know everyone's going to get so much value from it. So yeah, thank you for coming on. That's awesome. Thanks, Amy. Thanks for having me. Thanks, everybody. Okay, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed the show, then please subscribe on your favorite app so you never miss an episode. And you can also subscribe to the weekly content 10x newsletter to get the episode delivered to your inbox along with loads more tips and advice on repurposing, exclusive content news, offers and more. Head to content10x.com forward slash newsletter to become a content 10x insider. I promise you won't regret it. And if you want help with your repurposing, then check out our fully end-to-end content repurposing service here at Content 10X. I promise you're in good hands with us if you want to maximize your content, but leave the hard work to experts so that you can focus on your business. So just head to content10x.com to find out about everything that we could do to support you. And if you prefer a more DIY approach or you'd like to empower your team or just learn more about repurposing, then do get a copy of my book, Content 10X on Amazon and check out the Content 10X toolkit. That's at content10x.com forward slash toolkit. All that's left to say is thank you so much for listening to this week's episode and I'll catch you in the next one.